Testament. I'm going to look at a couple chapters in the Bible tonight, one in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament. We're going to just kind of dive in here and, and go in our discipleship series. We're in a summer of discipleship. We're in a series called Activate, which means that uh, we have eight things that we need to be active in as we follow Jesus that he asks us to do, and we've been talking about all of these throughout the summer, and you can go online and listen to or watch any of them and, uh, and just grow in God as you, as you do that. But tonight I want to talk to you about evangelism. We're just saying the, to ask God for the nations, and a lot of times when we think of evangelism, we think of the nations, we think of the world, and we do reach out to the world in an amazing way. But I want to talk to you tonight specifically about your life and evangelism inside of your life. And you may say, I'm not a good evangelist, I don't have that gift. But I want to talk to you about it because it's really important. Jesus said, I want you to tell the story of the good news. How many of you like getting good news? All right? Yeah, right? I mean, if somebody came up to you and said, I've got good news and I've got bad news, most of us say, hey, tell me the bad news first because I want, the good, I want the, the good news needs to be the last and it needs to be really good. And what if all news was good news? Whoa, wouldn't that be awesome? What if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I've got good news and I've got good news? Oh, give me the good news first. You know, you just, it, it, we wish that we could always just get good news. And Jesus has good news. There's a, a research professor from the University of Houston. Her name is Brene Brown. And she did a multi-year study on, on human behavior and they looked for the universal needs. Maybe you've heard of Maslow, the hierarchy of needs. They, she wanted to find out what were the greatest needs that people had in their life. What was that deep need that, that transcended gender, transcended culture, transcended age? What were the needs? And the top two needs were love and to belong. Love and belonging. Those are the top two needs that you have, that I have, that everybody that's ever been born has. They're universal. And when they're universal, you know what that tells me? God put them there. They didn't just happen. They didn't just show up. It's not a cultural thing. It's not a gender thing. It's not an age thing. No, this is, this is what we all need. We need to love and we need to belong and the sad news is, is that most people in the world realize that these are the needs that they have, and we live in a fallen world, and so we meet those needs any way we can, because they are our needs. We need these things, and so we'll jump through any hoop. We'll do whatever we have to do to get love. We'll do whatever we have to do to fit in and belong. We'll do whatever we have to do, and that leads to a lot of bad news in our world. I want to tell you that a lot of times we do what we think we have to do to get these and then we, we end up with these unmet and we're more distraught than ever before. But here's the good news. Is that God put these inside of you because he's going to fill them. God put them inside because he loves you. And the Bible calls it agape love, which basically means unconditional love. Do you know that Jesus just loves you? He loves you because he loves you. He doesn't have to have a reason. You don't have to jump through any hoops. God loves you unconditionally, and it will never stop, and he loves you. And the second part is that when you come into relationship with him, you belong to him. 
You belong to his family. You're never, ever alone. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to place you inside of a family. I'm going to put you inside of my family here on this earth. And you're going to be part of my body. And and so you're going to love and belong. And that is the good news. Mark 16, 15. I love it. It says, go into the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. That's your commission. That's my commission. That's the great commission. We're called to do that. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for missionaries. It's not just for the chosen few. It's for all of us to go and tell the good news of Jesus. And no one that you know that's ever been born is better off without a relationship with God. Everybody you know needs God in their life. They need this in their life. They're only going to find it, and that's why Jesus came. He came to this earth so that we can have the love and belonging that we need because we were so far from God. The bad news is is that you and I have chosen to walk in sin. We know what's right to do, and then we do what's wrong. We just know. Everybody knows. It's just a universal thing. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't want to do it, and we flat out reject God. Romans chapter 1 and 2 that talks so much about it that, yeah, you got to... You know what you should be doing. You're not doing it. You are without excuse. You are a sinner. And Jesus says, I love you too much to leave you that way. I came for you. Even though you don't have an excuse. Even though you have rejected God. And while God completely hates sin, let me tell you, God is crazy in love with you. And that's why John 3.16, probably the most popular verse in the Bible, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Listen to me. God's love is aimed at you. God loves you. And he loves you so much that he goes in his word, Old Testament, New Testament, watch it on the screen, watch the Bible movie, and he says, look, I I just love you, and I want you to know how much I love you. Old Testament, New Testament. I'm going to take two chapters, one in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament, Don't have time to read two chapters, so I'm just going to give them to you, and I'm going to talk through them. You can maybe read them while I talk, or you can read them later, but I'm going to start with Luke 15. And it's Jesus, and he starts the conversation with some sinners. He's hanging out, and he's having dinner with them, and some religious leaders show up, and they say, look at this guy. He says that he's the Son of God, but look, he's hanging out with these sinners. He actually likes them. He's eating with them. He, he, you know, God doesn't love these people, and so probably inside of their hearts, the sinners are like, you know what, they're right. God can't love us. And Jesus says, I, I want to show you the heart of the Father. I want you to know how God really thinks. And so Jesus tells three stories back to back to back to show the heart of the Father. and begins with the story of the lost sheep. One sheep out of a hundred was missing at night after they counted the sheep and the, the shepherd goes out and he searches high and low till he finds the sheep. When he finds that sheep, he rescues the sheep, puts it on his shoulders and carries it back. And when he gets back, he's rejoicing and calls all his friends together and they throw a party because they found that sheep, that one sheep out of a hundred. In the second story, a, a woman loses a coin, one out of ten coins and it's probably a necklace that they gave for wedding ceremonies back then. So think of it like maybe losing a diamond out of your wedding ring or engagement ring, and you, you search everywhere for it. She, she tears the house apart, the Bible says, 
And then she finds it. When she finds it, she rejoices and she calls all her friends over and she has a party because that one coin out of ten was found. The last story is the story of the lost son. We call it the prodigal son. A son that just completely rejects his father, says, I don't want anything to do with you. Give me what's mine. I'm out of here. And he runs away. Father doesn't run after him because that is his choice to make. And so you can say, well, in the first two stories, the person that lost something searched and doesn't look like the father's searching. No, the father's searching. He's searching the horizon, waiting for his son to come home. Because as soon as he sees his son coming down the road, he runs to meet his son. And he throws the robe on him, gives him the ring and the shoes, and they rejoice. And it's like, yes, I mean, it's, it's a party. He's home. Let's have this party. Let's go. And this story tells us the heart of the father. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's 100 to 1, 10 to 1, 2 to 1. God's interested in the one. His love is aimed at you. And he wants that relationship with you. And when something is lost, it's so important to him to find it. That when he finds it, there is a party when something is restored. That is the heart of God. That they would come back in, that we would come back into relationship with him and have the love and belonging of God. In 2 Samuel chapter 9 in your Bibles in the Old Testament, it's the story of Mephibosheth. David is the king of Israel now. He's established. He's strong. He's mighty, and he wants to show kindness to the house of Saul. For, you know, he made that covenant that I will be kind to the house of Saul. And so he goes and he, he searches out Ziba, who's the, the, uh, the guy that is the, the servant of Saul, who was the servant of Saul because Saul's dead. Jonathan's dead. Pretty much everybody that knew Saul was dead. But Ziba's still alive. And he says, Ziba, is there anybody still alive that I can show kindness to? And Ziba says, yeah, there's one. It's Mephibosheth. His, uh, he's Jonathan's son. And David's like, good, because that's who I really wanted to, to reach out to. Somebody in the house of Jonathan. And send him to me. Mephibosheth comes to David, and he's scared to death. He even calls himself a dead dog in the chapter. He's like, why, David, you want to kill me? I'm crippled. He's crippled in both feet, and, and, and it's like, David, why? You know, are you just going to wipe everybody from Saul out? And David says, no, I want to show you kindness. And in verse 11 of chapter 9, it says, So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Isn't that powerful? That here's this guy that is lame and crippled, and now he's seated in the house at the table of the king. You know what's interesting is, is that when you're seated at the table of a king, and this poor guy's been crippled since a very young age, when you're seated at the table, no one can see your legs. They're under the table. He's just seated as, as a son of the king. He is there. And you think of the prodigal son who was living with the pigs and probably smelled like the pigs and eating what the pigs ate. And you can imagine what he looked like when he came home. And the father threw that robe around him and put the ring on his finger and the, the shoes on his feet and you covered, he just covered up all the filth and all the garbage. Mephibosheth got to sit at the table of King David. And they, they weren't known for what they, were prob- what they had problems with. They were now known as sons of the king. Mephibosheth is a picture of salvation. Somebody who's full of discouragement. He's an outcast living in a barren land. 
And all of a sudden, God picks him up and puts him at the king's table. It's a picture of how we were helpless, how we were hopeless, and yet we were still sought by a king, and by grace, we are the object of divine favor. Have you ever thought that you are the object of divine favor? That God loves you so much that he wants you to be at his table? He wants you to be in relationship with him? And that his compassion and his love is so persistent that it will never give up on you? I mean, no wonder that hymn says, love so amazing, so divine. I mean, when you think about it, it just blows your mind, this idea of love and belonging. And God says in his word, Old Testament, New Testament, all through his word, look, I love you. You belong to me. Come home. That's the good news. So why do so many people stay far away from God? If we have this message here at the church, why weren't there people waiting in line until we unlocked the doors to come in? Why aren't people asking you about this as a believer? And the reason is, is because we think we have to jump through hoops. People think I have to do this for God to love me. And unfortunately, people think about that way, they think that way about the church as well. That I got to come and I got I to think a certain way and act a certain way and dress a certain way and have a certain political opinion and, and do everything right and then maybe they'll love me, maybe they'll accept me, maybe I'll belong if I do that. But just like the world, when you find out I don't belong and I'm trying to do all the right things and then your needs are unmet and you're even more disillusioned, if God gives this, why is it so hard to see in the church? Why is it so hard to see in our life? I was talking to somebody this week about this because it really bothers me. It's like, I believe that we have the good news. We have the hope of the world. We should be telling everybody about this. And this person looked across the table and says, Daryl, you can't give what you don't have. I said, wow. I think that is so true for so many people. A lot of people that have a relationship with God still think they're jumping through hoops and God's loving them because they're doing this or they're doing that. They think they got to do just right so I belong. And God says, no, I love you. You belong to me. That's the good news. Share it with other people. Come on, let's go. See, that's the heart of God. And that's the good news. I want it to be real for you. God's love is aimed at you. He loves you when you're good, and he loves you when you're bad. And it doesn't increase, it doesn't decrease. He never leaves you, he never forsakes you. He loves you. And when you realize how much he loves you, you want to share that love with other people. When you realize how blessed you are, you want to share that blessing with other people. You see other people as loved. The last words of Jesus are, be my witnesses. Acts 1.8, words in red in your Bible, be my witnesses. Go out and tell people about me. Just tell the story. Just tell this. Don't, don't worry if you have all the answers or don't have the answer. Just be my witnesses. I, Nick Nilsson preached such an awesome message at the Ascension Convention this year. You can go back and listen to it online, but he talked about being witnesses he said, when you're a witness, you don't come in and argue the finer points of law. You don't have to come in and argue anything. 
The only thing you do is you come in and you, you sit in the seat and you tell what you see, you tell what you've heard, you tell what you experienced, and then you step down. You're not the lawyer, you're not the judge, you're just the witness. But there's no one more powerful in that courtroom than the witness. Because the witness will either set somebody free or send them to prison. And if you don't witness, when you're called on to witness, you'll be held in contempt. Because when no one witnesses, everybody is hurt. And God says, I want you to be my witness. Testify about me. Speak about me. And so what we do is we should say, God, give me power, give me strength, because that be my witnesses is also tied to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, just, I'm going to give you the power to be my witnesses. I'm going to give you the power to tell the story, to tell the good news. I'm going to give you that power wherever you're at to tell the story of the good news. And it's not up to you to get the results. You just sow the seed. You just tell the story. Because you don't know where someone is at that you're speaking to. You don't know what season of their life it is. And you may think, you know, maybe I'm giving a track or I'm telling my testimony or asking me if I can pray for them or I'm giving them a devotional or one of the cards from church to listen on the radio or something. And it's like, man, I don't even know. I don't even know if it even matters. There's a fourth grade class in um, Portland, Maine that was studying the, the trade winds across the Atlantic, the Gulf Stream, and, and they, they were studying how it ran up the East Coast and, and went over toward Europe. And so uh, the class decided to put messages in a bottle and send them out, and a fisherman dropped them in the sea, and they, they were hoping that some of them would make it to maybe England or something. So they dropped them in the sea, and, and they waited. And two months later, uh, a couple letters came back from the coast of Canada. They were disappointed. It just kind of went up the coastline a little bit. And so they forgot about it and didn't think much about it until two years later, a young boy from that class named Jeff, maybe you've even seen this on the news, the boy Jeff got a letter from a girl in France who found his bottle as she was walking along the beach with her dad. A lot of times we are like that, throwing our, the message out there. And we think, man, it, it, does it even matter? Is anybody listening to me? And, and pretty soon the devil's going to whisper in your ear, it's all in vain. It's all in vain. But just like the, the, the mighty Gulf Stream, the Holy Spirit can take that message and deliver it just at the right time. And you don't know. Do you know what the third greatest need that human beings have? The universal need? And when I heard this, I was, I was blown away. But the third greatest need we have as human beings in their study, they found, is the need to be brave. That at some point in my life, I acted with bravery. That I need to, to, at some point, not be a coward anymore and be brave. It takes bravery to tell the good news. Because you don't know how people are going to respond. You don't know if it's working. 
I mean, I understand, you know, we have so many tracks in the lobby and little cards in the lobby that you get, devotionals in the lobby. It takes a lot to, to give that to somebody. It takes a lot to walk across the street and talk to your neighbor. It takes a lot to talk to that person at work. It, it, you have to be brave to tell your story sometimes. You have to be brave to say, hey, I know you're going through that. Would you mind if I prayed with you? I know that it takes us, but guess what? You are made for this. And the Holy Spirit will be saying, you will experience bravery like you've never experienced. Jesus commands us to tell the good news that if you are his follower, you are commanded to tell the good news that God loves them and they can belong to him. And that's not just good news for a world outside. That's good news for you and for me. And I can't give what I don't have. And so God's kind of been revealing this to me more and more, that his love, his grace is so much bigger than I think it is. And I want you to get a hold of it, because when you get a hold of it, all of a sudden, this idea of witnessing, this idea of evangelism, it goes so far beyond you know, what, what you think it is. And you're set free. And, and all of a sudden, you're not even caring about results. You're just talking and sharing. And, and God's doing more than you could ever do. Would you bow your heads as we pray tonight? I just I want to just pray for each of us. And um, tonight we're going to step out in just a moment to the lobby. And got ice cream out there for everybody. And we're going to look at all the things to be involved in. But I want to pray with you. So just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, first of all, I just want you to get this inside your heart, that God loves you. God loves you. His love is aimed right at you. It doesn't matter if you're one in a hundred tonight or if you're one in two. I mean, he's aimed at the one. He's aimed at you tonight. God loves you. You might be like the prodigal son, who spit in the Father's face and ran away, but you know what? That didn't change the love of the Father. There is nothing that you have done, there is nothing that you will do that can change the heart of the Father towards you. He loves you. You are the object of divine affection. God wants you to not only have that for yourself, but to share that with others. And so I just want to pray for you tonight that, first of all, you would experience that love, and next, that you would take that love to this world. God, I thank you for your word. I, I thank you, God, that we don't have to guess about how you think about us or feel about us. Lord, you're so crystal clear in the Bible that you love us that we belong to you. So Lord, I pray that that would become so real in our heart that we would have that to give to this world. Make it real to us, God, how much you love us. And, and Lord, for any that are far from you tonight, let them just come home right now, right now to you, to that love. No more jumping through the hoops, no more trying to, to be this or be that and getting it all together. God, we're just, we're just going to be in love with you. God, may we be that kind of church where we just love everyone no matter what. Because you love them. And that they can belong here. And God, I pray that uh, 
Lord, you would just make us wide open as we walk out these doors. And God, as we talk about this love, Lord, give us that bravery in our heart, that bravery that we so long for and are called to exhibit, that power that only comes through the Holy Spirit. God, fill our life with that power that we can be brave. Lord, we we thank you for your word and our time together tonight. Be with us as we just fellowship for a little bit and have some ice cream and and sign up for things. God, just be with us tonight. But, But most of all, may we experience your love and show your love to one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is something I've been talking to a few people about. Is that why don't we just walk out of this place and start living this? And, and start seeing everybody that you're going to come in contact. Maybe you're going to go out to eat after tonight, and you're going to have a server at the restaurant. Treat them like Jesus would treat them. Love them like Jesus would love them. Open your heart to everybody that you know and, and, and show them that they love, they're loved and that they belong. And that they don't have to do anything or perform anything. And just that you just love them. And just give that type of love that God has for you to other people. I think we're going to be amazed at how God uses that. God's commanding us to be brave and to share the good news with this world. And a lot of times we've thought about sharing the good news in a certain way, and I've got to run through these scriptures and do all this. And and no doubt the Bible tells us exactly what God wants us to know. But sometimes we just got to let people know that we love them first. And so take that step. Show them that. Share the good news. They already know the bad news of their life. Share the good news with them. Share the good news with one another as we're out there. And, 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 it, and it, might be, it, it might take you being brave to sign up for a Bible study or to go to a conference or, or sign up for a, a small group. I mean, it, it might be like, I don't want to do that. I've been hurt before. I've jumped through hoops and I've been rejected. It might take everything you've got to put your name down, but I'm going to encourage you to do that. And I'm going to encourage you to maybe invite somebody with you to a men's event or a woman's event or to maybe to the movie tomorrow night. I mean, this movie is out of this world. I mean, they will not be disappointed, trust me. And there's free popcorn. But just invite people out. It, it's going to, you're going to have to be brave to do it, but I'm going to encourage you to do it. And um, you may think it doesn't matter. It's all in vain. You know what? The Holy Spirit at the right time is going to use that. So I encourage you to, to be brave. So in a moment, we're going to stand up. We're going to go outside. We've got ice cream tonight, which I'm really excited about. And if I've never met you before, because uh, we've grown a little bit over the summer, I'd love to meet you. And if, if, if maybe I haven't introduced myself to you, I apologize. I'd love to meet you in the lobby and, and just get to know you. But the, the main part of tonight is to walk around the lobby. And it's all over the lobby. I mean, you have to go everywhere to see all the different groups and just sign up for something. There's tracks over here on this end. There's bunch of cards, devotionals, tons of things for you to pass out um, as we share the good news with people. So take whatever you want. Honestly, anything that's left in the lobby as far as cards or tracks, I wish we had to put new tracks out every weekend. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. If it's sitting here, it's not speaking in anybody's life. So take devotionals, take tracks, take cards, sign up for something, and uh, we'll see what God's going to do. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord? And if you need special prayer, I'll be down front to pray with you for a few minutes. But then I want to rush out and make sure I say hi to everybody. So if I'm not in the lobby right away, just wait. I'll be there in a minute. Love to meet you. But definitely stay out there. Have, have a good time in fellowship. But may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. 
God, I thank you for the blessing that rests upon us as your children. God, because we belong to you. But may we preach the good news that that same blessing that belongs to us belongs to everyone. So Lord, we pray as individuals and as a church that we would cast a very large net this week of your love. God, use us. Keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.